I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Um, hey guys, uh, welcome back to Awkward Sex in the City. Um, so this is a first, this is a first, uh, this is going to be a two-parter episode. So you'll hear the first half this Wednesday and you'll hear the second half next Wednesday. Uh, we recorded for over three hours and truly I looked up at the clock and was just like, that felt like a minute. It's a really interesting conversation. Uh, we don't talk much about sex. We talk about it a little bit. Um, but I'm not really going to tell you what the episode's about. It's about way too many things to put in a very small intro. Uh, my guest today and for next week is Jessica Henderson. She has been on the podcast before, I think back in November. Um, and she truly is one of the funniest people I've ever seen perform live. Uh, truly one of the funniest people in general. Just an amazing, like the word I want just like her aura is like gold if that makes sense like just a just a a beautiful energy of gold uh, surrounds her and everything she touches and 
I think you'll see that in this episode and the next episode. And I really hope you enjoy. Well, first off, like, how are you in all of this? Um, I think it varies moment to moment. And I have good days and I have bad days, like everyone. Um, sometimes I struggle giving myself permission to not engage. Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm like, that's, that's a luxury that I just don't get. Um, but I've been challenging that. And I've been over, honestly, I've been overindulging in consuming. So I need to take a little bit of a bit of a break. I've been very much like, you want that plant? Get that plant. You want that dress? Get that dress. It's the end of the world. Right? I don't know. Like, should you stop that? I mean, it's, it's bringing everyone Well, yeah, comfort. I'm going to stop now that the extra $600 is stopping. I'm sure Republican is going to um, get this soundbite and play it to Congress and be like, see, they don't need their freaking $600. They're not starving. I just got a push notification that says um, Senate Republicans, White House seek to reduce from 600 to 200. And I'm honestly just like, you know what? Fuck it. Just anything. Anything helps. Well, yeah, anything helps because my unemployment is freelance. So and everyone knows that all freelancers were only getting 185 because it like it doesn't matter what you sent in to them. They're like, um, ah. <laughs> it doesn't. No, all of you, all of you were making around 185 because like no one can believe that we were making decent livings, like not in a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I'm salty about that. <laughs> um, and the pandemic. So the $600 pandemic, actually, a lot of people were over what they were making at their jobs, but it still left me under what I normally make. Damn. Damn, that sucks. It still left me under. And you know what? I'm just like, I'm taking it day by day. I'm not going to lie. There are some days where I'm like, what is going to happen? (laughs) Like, they're going to take my, like, you know, I'm worried about being evicted like everyone else is. I luckily have been able to pay my rent this whole pandemic. So I feel like to start to push back now and say, no, you need to work with me mm-hmm. and you need to reduce it. Um, I'm go- like, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm having all the hard conversations, but I realize that everyone is having all the hard conversations. Were you able to um, um, do the, uh, the rent relief? No, I have, and I got on it every single day except for yesterday and every single time it it does the like repeat you don't have access to this page um or like if this is if you're reading this and you do have a login then try again later is what i got a lot of um i mean how are you going to make a lottery out of people being able to uh Stay in their houses. It's a, it's 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 not even like you're providing any relief. It should be called like the Hunger Games of housing. It truly or is. It's like a it's a lottery. If you get lucky enough, you'll get government assistance. That that don't make no sense. And if the site is crashing because so many people need help, you need to solve it a bigger way. Yeah, Cuomo, do your fucking job. Like once I found out it was a lottery, I was like, well, he is doing his job that he got paid and put into his little 
into his little dollhouse position. <laughs> and it's because he is in the pockets of all the developers of New York. And they are all like, look, I mean, we're not going to tell you to not provide relief because, wink, wink, we care about everyone. Mm -hmm. But say this relief was only done for a certain time, wink, wink, mm -hmm. and you open up the housing courts, wink, wink, maybe we'll find out, wink, wink, that a lot of people that are saying they can't pay can actually pay. And let's make sure that every New Yorker that is lying is forced to spend all of their savings, deplete all of their personal resources to make sure that we get our money. Yeah. Whatever way we can. Uh, it makes me so mad. It like makes me so mad. Even like the like everything you said is so 100% accurate. And then even just the fucking so one, it's a lottery. Two, to even see if you like qualify, they're like, what did you make before the pandemic? And then they're like, what are you making now? And the way that And it's like, what do I what do I put? What do I put? Do I put what I've been making on um with unemployment plus the 600? No, I cannot put that. Mm -hmm. You dumb dumb bitch. You dummy dummy dumb. Well, that way it's ending. That's not what I've been making. That's such a stupid stupid question. It makes me so mad. And you know what? I put what I'm making now, which is what I would be making with just the unemployment. I don't add that $600 because it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. That's like, that's why I got like so fucking pissed off because it's just like they did everything possible to make sure the least amount of people could even qualify for this fucking lottery with this weird like ass backwards like questioning. It's like it's, it reminds me of like when you have to do your weekly benefits every week and they're like, have you yeah, not? Like, Are you sure? Well, what about plot twist, bitch? Answer this. Mm -mm -mm -mm. The answer should have been no. Revoked. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's so true though. And you're just—it's like straight up medieval Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Sphinx riddle shit. Mm -hmm. That I am just like—I am not a wizard, bitch. Right. I mean, I'm definitely black girl magic, but I am not a wizard. And this is crazy that I feel like. It's a riddle. I'm like, who is the grand wizard, KKK, <laughs> behind these questions? The troll told, like, to get through. Like, yeah. Ugh, it's so frustrating. I'm really, no, yeah, I'm very nervous about what's going to happen. Um, I, I am like, there are moments when I have, when I'm nervous, and then there are moments when I'm like, honestly, power to the people, and really, what the fuck because y'all keep y'all keep being like, ah, here you go. <laughs> and we're like slowly, it's like a giant, I don't know if you watch Steven Universe. Yes, we actually just but, finished it like a month ago. Okay, amazing. Steven, and like through Steven Universe future. Mm -hmm. When he's like a little, okay. like, little teenager. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. I want that black t-shirt with the star so bad. Um, yeah, I want it so bad. Uh, I also sobbed, sobbed when I'm like, are you telling me that all they need is love? And that's what's gonna, I sobbed. Aww. Anyways, I feel like capitalism, um, greed, class, rich wealth is white diamond. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Are we buckled in for this? I am okay, I in. feel like all of that wh- white supremacy literally is white diamond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have white people who are educating themselves, um, which is blue. Mm-hmm. Um, the constant crying, the constant like projection of grief onto everyone around them. Mm-hmm. And then you have like, all of marginalized people that are starting to rate, like connect and raise up for each other mm-hmm. in Yellow Diamond, um, in the sense that they've like militarized their beliefs against the system, and because you know Yellow Diamond is a like general, anyways. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't like unpack, and it feels very much like Generation, uh, what are they called? Generation Z. Like the the youth new information is like Steven mm-hmm. coming in and like w- like White Diamond, you can keep ignoring it and infiltrate the way they have infiltrated um like how white supremacy is still in the way that people who actively say they're fighting white supremacists are like they haven't even fought their own internalized white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I still feel like um it's infiltrating them and infiltrating our own marginalized communities and white diamond and capitalism are doing like everything to stop it. But Steven with this like love education, healing just keeps encroaching on that territory. Mm-hmm. Is this giving and me the chills? They can keep, <laughs> they can keep pushing it aside like they have been, but it is, it is, is happening and i very much feel that way like you can keep you can keep playing just like my mom used to say like keep playing around and crying and i will give you something to play with and something to cry about and that's how i feel about this rent situation it's like cuomo you can keep playing games and like dick a licking around but if you do not come up with a systematic fix you are going to not only newsflash protests are happening every single fucking day in New York for black lives. And if you don't think for a second, you are not going to have sit-ins to make sure people aren't getting evicted from their houses. You like, you are going to have the landlords breathing down your neck. First of all, the only way to stop that from happening is to start militarizing the police, which we know you like to do and bringing them into people's buildings where they're living so you have to reach a whole new leather, another level of evil mm-hmm. and also expose yourself even more because i'll tell you one thing that white people do not like to get fucked up and that's where they live and if your police start bothering all these white people who haven't been involved in this and these white people have to see all these people getting evicted they're going to fight not because they care about the people but they're going to fight because they want peace of mind in their house and they don't want the noise mm-hmm. So figure it the fuck out. Yeah. I think you're that. Figure it the fuck out. It's like there, there's no way there won't be more riots. There's no way there won't be, like you said, sit-ins. Like I would happily sit in like the housing court to make sure like people can't even get through, you know, like I'll double mask right. it. Like let's just get the fuck. Right. And do you really, you're going to have people protesting housing courts. Mm-hmm. Like how evil are you? I mean, like, we know Hello. Evil. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 
Like <laughs> that's what I, that's to, to summarize my mood every morning. That's what it is. I just wake up and I'm like, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, really? Are you, you're going to open up these housing courts? I, and you know what? There was a, I watched this uh, conversation with an attorney about like how people should be handling what's going to happen when you're not getting the additional 600. And first of all, he was a straight white man. And I was like, I was already upset. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, mm, mm, no, read the room. No. Yeah. Um, and he was like, what he said, one thing that he said, which is such BS, he was like, you know, if you have money, you you don't need to be like stockpiling money right now and not paying your rent. Like you need to be honest and forthcoming about what you're making because you know, your landlord is unable to pay bills too. And I was like, oh, I wish your name was a goddamn liar. Because first of all, the bank is working with them already. Yeah. You were already told that the bank would work with you. Okay, didn't know bank, didn't nobody, didn't know management company universally say they were working with any tenants. I don't think so. So stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. And we're talking about setting up our landlords so that the next pandemic, oh, first of all, also, let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about how much money these people are charging for apartments Mm -hmm. over the value. Yeah. There's a profit, bitch. Oh, yeah. So my, my thing is to the landlord, don't be stockpiling money, be helping out your tenant. Like, I don't understand why it's um, automatically put on us to be empathetic to our landlord. Mm-mm. No. And also, if you were a good landlord, you wouldn't be having me guessing as a tenant about what you wanted. Exactly. Like the first, I think, okay, everything hit the fan in March. So at the end of March, my landlord who never texts me, never, never, never was just like, hey, uh, just want to make sure you know, like rent's due in three days. And it was just like, what the fuck? First of all, fuck you. Get off my phone. Yeah. And he did it for like three months. And I was like, dude, you're getting your fucking money. And I watch, I like, I get on street easy just to see like where prices are going right now. And uh-huh. there are buildings in my apartment that are now cheaper than what we pay. And he raised the rent on us when we signed our lease uh, for August. That is my pos- my current position now. Mm-hmm. And I have been contacting. I got a whole what I did at the beginning of the pandemic when I realized that people were going to all act like brand new, like literally <laughs> brand new, like crystal gems out just right out of the kindergarten, brand fucking new. Okay. I was like, let me talk to an attorney. That was smart. The end. So I got a hold of my management company's attorney that they have on retainer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just use a bunch of legal jargon that was like, don't put yourself in a position where I can print all of these out in court and tell the judge why I haven't been paying because y'all don't want to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically got an agreement in writing from him about what I was doing. And now... I saw a studio in my building, $300 cheaper. And I was banging on the door, calling the leasing agent every single day 
saying, I want to get, I want to transfer my lease into that apartment. I want to get into that apartment. I want to get into that apartment. Didn't nobody answer. And now it's gone. And I'll tell you what, I haven't resigned my lease because this little, this little bitty in the leasing office is going to have a conversation with me. And we're going to talk about where my rent is at mm-hmm. because obviously y'all need tenants. Yeah. Cause people fucking left and now they can't fill these fucking apartments. Boop, boop. You need me. I need you. So why are we, why are you? And the thing is, the thing is they are playing games because at the end of the day, they're always going to make sure that they get the most amount of money. So what my management company, um, I'm just going to tell you what my management company, Hampton Management, did mm-hmm. was they contacted every tenant individually and asked them if they were paying rent. And basically, based on whether or not the tenant had already reached out, that's how strict they were about working with them. Oh my God. And I was like, this is some bullshit. We're in a pandemic. And I know for a fact that I'm, I, you guys are working with me. And I'm basically not going to get charged a late fee. And I just have to make regular payments. Why is that not for everyone? Yeah. And this idiot, this idiot had the nerve to say, well, and I wish I had recorded the conversation. Well, it's only for tenants that have reached out and needed it. And some people will just take advantage of it, even if they don't need it. And I was like, oh my God, I can, I was like, sis, I can tell you're a black woman. I'm going to tell you right now, your boss has you looking crazy. Because to me, you sound crazy. You're protecting their money and their interests. And we're talking about 1,700 people. Like, why are you even, you should ask yourself why you feel entitled to know where people are spending their money during a pandemic. Yeah, you don't get to tell people how to spend their fucking money ever, ever. But also, like, what hurts my soul so much and just like, I mean, all of it hurts my soul. But in March, especially New York City, right? Especially New York City, the government asked us to stay in our apartments for three fucking months. We were the global like epicenter. It was all our fault. People were dying in trucks. And the one thing we were told, the one thing we were told that would help, that would be the medicine that would stop this, was to sit in our fucking apartments. And why would they not give us every opportunity and every resource that we would need to sit in our apartments and be okay? And now we're New York is like not the worst, but there's probably going to be another spike when shit hits the fan and people. There already is Florida. Florida with its whole inbred dick is out. I actually think that's why Trump finally started wearing a mask because he realized he was killing his active voters in Florida. Well, he started wearing a mask because you always need. Here's the thing. If you are stupid, the only way you can win a presidency is if you have Florida. And Florida is the only state that will actively still ride or die for somebody stupid Mm -hmm. and not be split at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love Florida. I'm from Florida. Oh, I think I knew this. Not Jacksonville. And not just not. Yeah, not Jacksonville. That part is kind of okay. I'm, I'm not just from Florida. I'm from the Florida panhandle, which is lower Alabama, lower KKK taint. Like it's that's what it is. I'm from Panama City. So that and Southport is 20 minutes, not even 10 minutes from where I live. And that was where one of the founding branches of the KKK started. Holy shit. So that is why and and Trump recognizes that if he he has to follow his constituents, and his constituents are in Florida. And I think Billy 
and Bob have started to be like, wait a minute. Three people have died. So now he's starting to wear a mask. But you know what? I didn't even know that he's starting to wear a mask because I truly, when I see that anything associated with him, I, I just, I'm like, mm-mm. I already know it's stupid. Like that that girl, his cousin or his niece or whatever that's writing the oh, book. I'm Mary. like, what's in this book that we didn't already know? What's in this book we didn't already know? Yeah, and also it's like, what like this is what no you need to start coming to terms with people actively know all of this doo-doo about him and they don't care yeah and also the fact that she's trying to make a profit off of him doing bullshit like that too rather than being a part not like a part of the solution Well, now she's got to because she's probably been cut off oh maybe maybe now she's got like that's the least the bitch can do is make a coin because now she don't have no family coin i bet you probably that's actually a good point i didn't think of that I think that's the only, honestly, I think for, um, not to be a, um, white apologist, but I think the only way for a lot of these little dingalings to, but again, it has to do with white supremacy to keep their status, Mm -hmm. right. And have the same quality of life they had when they were on the trust fund is to expose the trust fund and expose the trust fund really smartly and for the maximum amount of profit. Mm -hmm. So if she had truly been charitable, she would have lended her voice to causes and lended her voice in support of Black Lives Matter uh, and given her platform to something like that. But she's not charitable. No. Mm -mm. She's profitable. And I think people need to understand the difference. Absolutely. Okay. Like... Yeah. There's a difference. A hundred percent. And even just thinking you saying like profitable reminds me of the fact that like being a landlord is not a job. It's an investment. This isn't people's like. You're the leech. Yeah. This isn't. You're the leech. Yeah. And so when people are like, oh, but like they have to make their money. This is how they make their money. It's like, no, that's how they chose to make their money. And it's like acceptable. Uh, But it's actually. It's like you're telling me to go out and get a job. Go out and get a job. Yeah. Go on, get a fucking job. What was it that Ivanka Trump was like? Uh, Ivanka's Trump quiz was like, find out what you should do next. Find a new job. And Calvin, Calvin said he took it and he was like, yeah, it told me to be a fucking writer. Like, and there's no fucking writing jobs. Like he took it for like, not for real, but like just to see like what bullshit they would say. But it's like, you can't say I'm shit like that. I'm upset that that exists. Oh. I'm upset that, I'm upset that that exists. Oh yeah. It's a real thing. It's a definite real thing. Um... And not to switch topics, we can definitely keep talking about this, but I just remembered um, that you are in a long-distance relationship. And how, uh, how is that yes. going? It's hard. It's hard, hard, hard work. And I, like, we try to make our time on, like, Zoom special, mm-hmm. but it sucks. I see her. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary. Oh, and normally we see each other. Thank you. Normally we see each other about every three months. Oh, and it's probably it's at least been like four or five at this point, huh? The last time I saw her was Christmas. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. And I was set to go in March, like March, April. I was set to go to Vancouver and the pandemic happened. Oh, no. And then normally... This time, like right now, she'd be, she'd here. be here. Yeah. Fuck. And then fall, Vancouver. But um, sorry. 
yeah, it sucks. I'm just, you know, trying to save some pennies aside so that when I can go to Canada or maybe we, or if we can both travel, like meet someplace else, Mm -hmm. um, I have the money. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. I'm really sorry. The mom I used to act, or the mom I used to actress for, the mom I used to nanny for it, they film in Vancouver. And so I was like, they their show got re, uh, renewed. I couldn't think of the word. And so I was like, so what's going on? Like, what are they doing for you guys? Because she lives in Connecticut. And she was like, they're making us essential workers. Like, we got to go. Um, so they have to like fly through this. But it looks like Vancouver, at least, like, if you get to uh, make it out there soon, like, Vancouver seems to be in a much, much better spot than we are. Vancouver is very much on phase four, unlike our lies that we are telling our New Yorkers. Like, we're on phase four. It's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. Oh, so Vancouver's not um, either? No, I'm, I mean that, like, Vancouver truly is. Like, they're in a much oh, better spot. Oh, I see. They have a really good, um, I think it's called a Surgeon General. I'm forgetting her name, but everyone in Vancouver is a huge fan. Um, And they've just done a really – they did have a spike last week, Mm -hmm. and they basically were issued a very stern warning, like, stop being fucking stupid or we're going immediately into lockdown. Mm -hmm. Like, um, don't do it. Mm -hmm. I hate it for you. Don't do it. Um, But, yeah, I – it's hard. It's hard. I would love to go to Vancouver. There is. I don't know if it still exists. Uh, There's like an app I wrote about like maybe like two or three years ago for Redbook for long distance. And it's like – I think the app is free too. And it's like uh, to feel like a physical connection, you can like touch like a certain – like there's a thing that will like – it'll buzz just to be like, I'm thinking about you. Um, so you get like this like type of Aww. physical touch. I'll also look that up to see because I don't know if that would help or look not. Look it up and send it to me yeah. because my girlfriend is very much about physical touch. So as hard as it is for me, I know that um, it's really, really hard on her. She's an, a sensitive, sensitive cancer Scorpio Pisces. Oh, that's, so, that's a lot. That's a, that's yes, a lot of emotions yeah. there. Yeah. She's just like blue diamond every day. Aww. What are what sign are you again? Yeah. I'm Aquarius. That feels right. I, uh, I can see that. Yeah, Aquarius, Virgo, Pisces. Yeah, I can. And that's why my partner and I are able to connect. I think, um, and not kill each other is that our, we have matching emotions, like matching moon signs. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I feel like to her, I can feel like a psychopath, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, and I know that for me, sometimes I'm like, why is this something to cry about? Like, help me understand these human feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very much, sometimes I feel like I'm very much an alien, like looking at a human experience. I'm like, oh, and this is what humans call, but like, I sometimes I feel that way. Like, this is what humans call um, expressing themselves. <laughs> very, like, very analytical, very, like, observer of just, like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I get in trouble all the time because I'll, I'll fall into not saying anything and just, like, staring and being, like, mm. <laughs> And if you're mm-hmm. the one crying, because I'm the crier in our relationship, you're just, like, you're, like, wait, what are they thinking right now as I'm doing this? Like, it almost, like, sets you right. off. Right, and you, you're so, ev- and I think that, I recognize too when you when you're very when you're naturally uh, open and very vulnerable person, 
for me and as an Aquarian, I am sometimes like uh, very thrown off by that because it's not my natural instinct. Mm -hmm. And as a, as an Aquarian, I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's uh, human. And I don't do that. And then as a Virgo, I'm like, I can't control that. But then as a Pisces, it's like staring into a mirror and I, I will just start sobbing too. I'll just be like, <laughs> we're crying now. So it's this very, I think that sometimes <laughs> being around that is this very like human, but inhuman experience that freaks people out. It's like, you're, you're crying too, because I'm crying, but like you also feel like a void of emotions like you're not feeling anything just like a show that's funny too because Aaron's also an Aquarius too and he's like he'll be like I just wish like I could cry like I don't know how and I'm like we can get you there like I can I can fucking get you there but it's like you said you have to just like I don't you gotta be like open I had a, a big I haven't had like a sob put your put your head in your hands in like I would say a couple of years or maybe a year or so truly yesterday I, I had that uh, yeah. And then on Saturday, I just was like, <laughs> head in hands. And, um, I broke a couple things and that felt good. Oh, yeah. Just get it out. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, I feel a lot better, but also agenda for therapy on Tuesday. <laughs> Yay. Cause I mean, yeah. you were looking for a therapist, right? Yes. Yeah, so I did find a therapist. I really like them. Yay. Um, things are going well. This will be my second session tomorrow. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm at a point now where I can label the behavior, mm -hmm. but I keep coming right back to it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is the behavior. This is the behavior. This is the behavior. <laughs> this is the behavior. And I want it to be like, this is the behavior and this is the growth. That, but just so you know, like that is a huge fucking step. Just to be able to label yeah. it and just be able to identify it. Like, I would say like half of the world <laughs> will never even ever be able to do just that part. And it's really yeah. hard. It's hard because you're yeah. like, oh shit. Well, sometimes I'm, I get pissed off where I'm like, okay, hold up. Why am I always being the better person? Because this shit is hard and I would like a day off. Mm -hmm. So this biggity bitch over here that clearly has toxic issues that we are all putting up with, like now why am I talking about her in my therapy? Ugh. That's a good point, like, too. I, I definitely get choked sometimes just thinking about the amount of work I put in to being more like emotionally responsible. Mm -hmm. And then... It less and less because, right, there's growth. But um, in the beginning, it would almost backtrack my progress when I would meet. I'm like, what do you mean not everybody's taking responsibility? Like, I am. I've done it. So why isn't, like, what do you mean people are just, like, running around with their feelings and being reckless and hurting people? What do you mean? Like, didn't we all see Holistic Habitat post? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sometimes I can very much be like, um wow, like you're not reading co-star and journaling about it? Like what? <laughs> and I, this is like, this is a really good, like that's a really good question too because you don't realize that, right? And then all of a sudden you realize the people in your life, as you go through therapy, you start to see like who really is like bringing out like toxicity in you by their their mm -hmm. actions. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, you'll get, there is, there is someone I talk about all the time that like I'm like, why am I still talking about this bitch? Like you just, but I'm so glad to hear you're doing therapy. I'm so glad you found someone because it's really hard to find someone. And yeah. And you know what? I, 
it, it is hard. I hope it goes well. It's only second session. I thought that I wanted a black lesbian therapist. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, I'm, you know what I'm not fitting to do? Explain myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going to explain myself, but that therapist never got back to me. And this, um, I think it's info at, Info dot at therapy dot net or, or oh God, I'm plugging it completely wrong. <laughs> um, DM me on Instagram and I'll get the info. They were doing free um, QPOC like first sessions. Oh, cool. And they got back to me first and I got a therapist and they were non-binary and white. And I, you know, I wasn't going to say anything if they didn't say anything. So <laughs> I uh, didn't say anything about them being white. And then they brought it up and they were like, okay, good. and I was like, oh, um, let's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it. I really thought that this, that, and the, and the other, but I'm finding that that's not the case. And I, I talked, I laid it all on them. And the only thing I had to explain in my first session was the Akashic records. So, and I'm okay with that. All right. That's good. Okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. And, um, yeah, I am happy that they are gay Mm -hmm. or queer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to feel. Yeah. What I've learned, I've had the same therapist for like the past three years. Um, Mm-hmm. And what I've always told people is if they don't feel like their therapist is in their corner, uh, that's a sign to like walk away. Um, c- yeah. Like, like obviously you want someone that's going to be like, you're hold you accountable. Hold you accountable. And that's someone also being in your corner though. Like, you want someone mm-hmm. that's going to be like, just you're doing great. Like, at the end of it, like when you feel mm-hmm. without having to ask it, uh, or just be like, mm-hmm. you'll probably talk a lot about your career and like they'll be very invested in your career and like the process you're making in that. Like, it won't just be about like who you are, it's going to also be about like what you do and like what, like every facet that makes you, you. Um, I don't think every therapist does that. And I think a lot of therapists are also very toxic um, and just kind of like write people off and they're, they're just like, this is, this is it. You just need anti-anxiety meds and blah, 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 and you'll be fine when truly they're not, like, at any point really listening to, like, what they are saying, which is, like, literally their yeah. fucking job. Yeah, and I – I am, the more self-discovery I'm doing lately, the more I'm realizing, like, I might actually have ADHD. Mm-hmm. But I – and I appreciate that when I brought it up, the immediate thing wasn't – um, oh, let's get you on some medicine. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, well – when do you feel like you're paying attention and when do you not feel like you're paying attention? And truth be told, if I do the things that are prescribed to me like ancestrally and instinctually, which is a morning routine, regular movement of my body, mm-hmm. writing uh, morning pages every day, my focus feels extended. And it's when I don't do that, it's when I go to bed, watching something, wake up already on my phone, on the toilet, on my phone, already on Instagram, not like immediately into the TV, trying to clean my house and watch TV, uh, trying to take care of my plants and watch, you know, uh, it's, it's when I'm like, oh, I have ADD. And it's, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It sounds more like 
honestly, it just sounds more like you're overstimulated, like at some times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because ADD is a weird one too. Because I, I think because we're we're around the similar age. I'm 31. I think you're 29. 30. 30. Okay. Um, and that when we were kids, that was like the first thing when a kid was like overstimulated or bored at school, they were like ADHD and they were put on all these meds. Right. Right. And I have a bit of a um, like informational history with that. Like my mom was very much like, you have ADHD, that's what's wrong. And you need to get like prescribed it was and it was the only time I ever went to a therapist mm-hmm. when my mom was like she has ADHD she has ADHD and thankfully the therapist was kind enough to not write a prescription but to just give me like a trial pack basically mm-hmm. to see if there was actual a behavioral change mm-hmm. um yeah and my mom swears up and down that there was. And then I'm like, I don't really have a memory of the week that I was on that medication. So there's that. And that's big. Yeah. So no, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I think like a, um, I think a lot of comedians and artists got pegged. Not pegged. That's not the word I want. Got labeled. Labeled. labeled ADHD, ADD. Uh, just because they... They're, didn't conform. Yeah, exactly. Didn't conform. I literally just got distracted by the trees. Like, oh, those trees are pretty. Like, you just see the world differently. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you don't conform and people don't understand that. And they just right. immediately want to put you in the box that makes sense to them. Right. But I'm glad I'm glad it was just a trial pack, too. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know what I need. Mm-hmm. I want to work on why I slip away from it and have to come back to it, which I know that that will be a life lesson, which means it's, it will be a journey that I take my whole life. But I want to make sure that every time I find my way back, there's information, more information and growth. Not like, why do I feel like this is the same thing over and over again? And I think that's what um, my, I'm hoping my therapist can help me. Uh, Definitely. Sort of unpack. I mean, especially when like someone comes in being like, this is what I want to work on. Cause most people don't even know what they want to work on. Like you've, Mm-hmm. You've already done like half the work for them. They're like, "Oh, this is what you want to work on? Okay, here's what here are, like active things yeah. that you're gonna do now." Or this, I could tell my therapist was excited. They're like, "Oh wait, okay, did you come up those affirmations? Did you come up with those affirmations on your own? Like, where did they come from? Did you look them up online?" I was like, "No, they came from things that I actively lie to myself about. Like, I tell myself all the time that I'm not smart and I can't be a writer, oh or I'm not a good comedian." So those are like my antidote or the affirmations of the opposite of what I tell myself. Yeah, a hundred percent. You could one, you're super smart and super funny. You're truly <laughs> thank you're you. truly one of the funniest people I've seen on stage. <laughs> oh, thank like, you. That's really sweet. I don't remember. We were like on tour one day and your name came up and it was either like Bobby or Carolina or might have been Calvin. And they were just Love them both. Yeah. Love them all. <laughs> and Jen. And they all were just like, because I was like, Oh, I don't know that name. And they all went like, You don't know Jessica Henderson? Oh, they literally like, were furious and they're like, you have to get her on the show right now. Like everyone was like, she's the best. She's the best. Just Jen Keith. Yeah. Love her. All, love oh, it. Great. That's why I love all of them. Yeah. And then when I was like, do you think she could be an alternate with us? They were like, absolutely. A hundred percent. She should totally be like on tour with us when like there's room. Well, not when there's room, but like you should be on tour with us. But yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's so sad. It's not sad. It's so crazy how awful we are to ourselves in our own minds. 
And it's just not oh, real. Absolutely. It's just not real. Absolutely. I and I'm like, who is this raggedy bitch that keeps getting in my car when I'm driving fine? And it's like ego, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of her. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of her. And I see that she's there. I'm at the point now where I see that she's there. I see what she's doing. I see she's lying to my fucking face. Mm-hmm. But it's still affecting me emotionally. Yeah. And I want to I wanna figure out, like, I want to regain that trust. And I think it's like a distrust that I have within myself. And it starts with, like, keeping tiny promises to myself, writing little affirmations, like, a tiny prompt. I said I was going to repot these plants. So I woke up and I repotted the plant. And it was like amazing how I felt like, we are the crystal gem. <laughs> we'll always save the day. Like I was into it. I was like, oh my God. And it's so simple, but why do we get away from it? Why do we like flip? I'm fascinated. Like, why do I flip that around and go towards like, oh, it's not just repotting the plants and taking care of the plants I have. It's now I need to buy this rare aeroid plant that's $150 because I really, 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 really want it. And I, that will make me happy or oh, everyone, um, everyone's getting a bike. I, I, I have a bike. I need a, you know, it, why does it, the process get reversed? And I think it's because marketing is so nefarious and scary now that it mimics like human interaction and human stimulation. And we're getting tricked. We're like the bugs who can't get away from the uh, bug light. I mean, yeah. The fact that like marketing, marketing, I feel like in like the 1940s, 1950s became about like, how can we make your life perfect and the best? And they started feeding us all these lies. Like even like. Yeah. I, That's how they got in our kitchens. Like you don't have time. Time. What is time? You don't have it. No, 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 no. You don't have it. No, no, no. You have, you know, no, you have no time. And it's like, <laughs> it's like the day structure has not changed Mm-mm. for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like as if the days are shorter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, time, 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 none. You have none. Yeah. And like, I don't know about your parents. My parents like worked a lot. They worked two jobs. Mm-hmm. They, I would, moving to New York, I'd find out they were terrible cooks um, once I learned how to cook myself. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it goes like, I feel like it's like marketing gets in, capitalism, the quote unquote American dream that if you just work, mm-hmm. work, work, you'll get some money and then die. That's just right. Oh, go on. A 40 hour work week is in song. It's 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 bullshit. And it's insane. It's insane. And I really would just like to say, do you really think these heifer billionaires are working 40 hours a week? No, they're literally just stealing the labor from people. They're not even paying. Like some of these people aren't even paying people right now. I really, I truly can't. Like I can draw you a diagram and it's very short and it has a noose on it. And plot twist, we're in the noose and they're on the stage watching. Okay. That's the diagram. And I'm I'm just like, I I'm sick of it, right? Because I I do have to engage. I do have to engage with it. Mm-hmm. I have to make money to live in my apartment. Um, I'm a creative and unfortunately when you decide to be creative, you will always be paying to be creative instead of making profit from your creativity mm. for a very long time. And honestly, almost always, if you are not white, 
Because even when you get to a place where you're getting paid for your creativity as a person of color, you're still being asked to do more mm-hmm. than just be creative. You're Because I don't know any Black creative that feels permission or even wants to be creative without education. And truthfully, us being creative is education. That's part of the reason why we're so magical is because it's not just like entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I will, I understand I will be always be paying a debt into it. Yeah. But I like to think that my debt contributes to like planetary, planetary healing and not just like making somebody laugh. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think your your type of creative creativity is just making people laugh. Because I also mm-hmm. want the same thing too. Like at the end of the day, within my comedy, I just want people to feel good about themselves. And I think mm-hmm. you have a very similar um, like like motive or like goal. Like it's not it's not about you. It's about everything yeah. around you. Right. And it's about like I, I want to get. Like, get to know me. Get to know yourself. I I did this interview, and I was shocked when I saw that they actually published it because I was so against the questions. They were very much like, what's your brand? <laughs> what is it? Tell us. Tell us your brand. I used to get in so many fights about brands. I'd be like, you, that shouldn't and, be what you do. But sorry, go I on. I was like, my brand is like, getting closer and closer to myself. And they're like, what do you want people to take away? AKA like, how do we profit off of seeing you? Um, and I was like, I don't really give a fuck what you take away. Like, I hope you feel empowered to just be closer to who you are and understand that that's really none of my fucking business and who I am is really none of your fucking business. Um, but it, it just, it's so frustrating to me these total, the isolation, I want to say this word all the time. And because it's such a pretentious word, I feel my ancestors not allowing me to learn how to say it. (laughs) They're like, no, stop using that white word. Like I, carpermentalize, carpermentalize. It's such a white supremacist word. Like my ancestors aren't even even allowing me to say it. Anyways, that's a tool of white supremacy. Isolation. And and just like the taking of away of other mm-hmm. and purification, the idea of like I was for a while I was unrepre- unrepresented, mm-hmm. and I felt like every time I met someone that could potentially rep me, whenever I began to talk about what I am, and when they would realize it didn't fit into a box that they understood, I would fully see someone like disassociate. They're like, this isn't a box that I don't understand. And the box, I would maybe I would open the box and be a little bit more inquisitive if the box was labeled Yale or Harvard, but it's not. So I'm not going to open this box. You're right. Thanks. Th- thanks. <laughs> you don't get to be, thanks. You don't get to be nuanced if you didn't get nuanced by supremacy or in supremacy. You don't, you don't get to be nuanced. You can't be multi-hyphenated until you've been pre-approved. Don't you know? There's a credit check, babe. Like, <laughs> I, the manager that I have now, 
uh, shout out, <laughs> watch her like drop me in two days. <laughs> and see, that's my ego. That's that's a prime example of when that dirty, dirty bitch just, just pops <laughs> up. Start, yeah, starts looking at me in my rear view when I'm trying to drive peacefully by the beach. And she's like, I mean, you can't see me, but she's like, this is fussing <laughs> me in the back. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which... I mean, let's unpack that. Is us, are the others, are the tethers your ego? Like, what's that? What's that about? I know. I, I wanted him to do another movie, uh, like a like a prequel or I guess a sequel to it, but he's not going I to. I think he is. Oh, is he? Oh. I thought he wasn't. I, you know, you know, I don't know. I, I, uh, I very much, as an Aquarian, live sometimes in a, another reality that I've built where everything that I need and want to happen is happening. <laughs> so <laughs> there's very much a part of me that, that is confidently saying like, yes, that is happening. Um, but I have to tell the truth. I don't think I've read it. Anymore. <laughs> I've just been like, it is. Um, yeah. I, my, my manager right now we're working together and it, it's great. Her name's Sam Safer. Mm-hmm. And she was the first person that I ever met that was not intimidated or confused when I was like, Oh, you know, I don't really, I don't really know specifically like step by step what I want because none of it instinctually makes sense to me. Um, but I know step by step, like based on other people's success, like this is what they do. So maybe I should follow the same track. But at the end of the day, all I have for my career are visions about my quality of life, mm-hmm. and and it's never the um the job that i see it's just the quality of life that i'm able to obtain every step of the way and that's kind of always been not oh excuse me it hasn't always been my um career focus but over the past 2 years that that has been my career focus is focusing on my quality of life and i will say that there's been a lot of progress in my career in terms of stand up mm-hmm. that i've made fast and i think I can attribute it to focusing on my quality of life and not being concerned about whose show I'm getting booked on. And also sometimes having just the courage to ask. And I get turned down a lot. I get turned down a lot because people don't know me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that happens less now because more people know me, but especially in the beginning, I get turned down a lot when I'd be like, hey, I'd like to do your show, Left on Red, or, oh, we we have a list or oh you know just the li- the excuses the polite excuses you give and sometimes the excuses you don't give because you don't think it's warranted because you think it's just like a random comedian mm-hmm. um but i feel like i can confidently say that everybody that has done that has then seen me perform and realized that they were wrong good um and anyways sam was the sorry i got a little sidetracked no, no, no. she was the first person that when i was like you know, I just want to be the type of creative that if you want to do a deal with me, you understand that you're probably going to have to get in a car or a plane and come see me out on a farm. And like, I, you, you'll have to have some sort of like uh, alignment with me. And she was like, yeah, totally. She was like, oh yeah, um, absolutely. What kind of farm are we growing? <laughs> She's like, oh, let me talk to you about my banana plant. Like, she has a banana plant? You know, yeah. We, and it kind of, I, for a while, I didn't really allow my ego to 
truly understand how blessed I was and how, what a good relationship I had with her. Mm-hmm. I was so focused on where I was at my career mm-hmm. and being like, mm, I'm not like, mm, I'm the only, I'm the only, um, like alt comedian that hasn't booked high maintenance. Like what's going on? <laughs> you know, all like, why am I seeing everyone on this show? Uh, it's like, Joe's been on three times. What about me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and recently we, her and I were on the phone for like almost two hours and it was not about the industry at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is quality of life. That's a blessing. I don't care. I don't need the rest. I, yeah. And I've come to terms too with like late night packets. I recently was like, no. Yeah. No. You're looking for black people. If you're looking for black people and you want actual change, you wouldn't be asking us to do packets. We would be offer only mm-hmm. and you'd be getting to know us and figuring out which person makes sense for your room. Oh, yeah. This... You wouldn't... You would not be asking me to jump through more supremacist, like supremacist hurdles to be proven worthy to write in a room that ultimately glorifies a white man. Yep. It reminds this like, do you really want my voice? No, they just want it. They just want it for like to look good right now. It reminds me of, I think it was back. I think it was in 2014 when SNL got shit for not having a black woman. And all of a sudden, they were like, "Get Shashir and get Natasha, and have mm-hmm. them." And like, I think it was like maybe like two or three other uh, black femmes. And I think they did it at the pit. I think they had their like showcase at the pit, and it just felt like such bullshit because it was like, you "Yeah, sh- if you want a real change, we would all be getting the job." Exactly. Dummy. We'd all be getting the job. And then, yeah, it was like only Shashir got it. Um, I think Natasha got a writing job the next year, and. Luckily, uh, the world has now been exposed to the brilliance of Natasha Rothwell. And Shashir is amazing, too. Like, very funny. Definitely deserving of Mm -hmm. it. But it's just the fact that they got called out on it. Um, They knew they were wrong. And so they wanted to make a real quick adjustment, but not actually do any of the eternal. Any systematic. Yeah. Because it's still a fucking problem. I think there is only one black woman right now on their cast. And I think, I don't even think she's recurring. I think she's, uh, no, I, I don't think she's featured. I think she's recurring. I can't remember. There's like two, there's like two tiers, but exactly. It's just no systematic change is I happening. I didn't even know there were two tiers. There's like the newbies. Uh, What's her name? Ego? Ego? I follow her. It starts with an E. I follow. I'm fucking up. I know. I can't remember her name either. I follow her on Instagram. Let me see if I can find her. Um, but it is. It starts with an E. I've met. I've also met her before. I met her at DCM RIP. Oh shit! Um, and she was very kind. And I hear. I hear nothing but great, great things about her. And and she's funny. And that she just does not get the the stage time that she deserves. Well, that's no surprise. I also want to say for the record, um, I am never going to critique what uh how do i say this black people pocs qpox anyone that feels as if it's worth writing in late night and uh want like that that works for them i do think that there is a lot of power and and uh if if you can be 
if you can fit into different systems and take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Like it's sort of this mentality of like getting into the castle, opening the back door. I am 100% for that. Oh yeah. I am 100% for that. And I'm never going to knock someone who feels as if it's right for them, but I am demanding from my community and from myself that we denormalize toxic behavior for the sake of exposure Mm -hmm. and credit because we outnumber the system Mm -hmm. and again, power to the people. And I do think that something needs to change. And I do think that a lot of POC writers now are stepping up and saying like, do you understand just the form of a packet in itself is oppressive and not accessible to many QPOX because most of us don't have the luxury of being creative full-time. Most of us, I mean, except for now uh, because of a pandemic, most of us are working a job for 40 hours or two jobs to pay our bills and cannot stop what we're doing to write you 10 new sketches that you might only read one, you biggity bitch. Like, stop lying. You don't read all of that. You don't read all of Mm -mm, it. There's no way. You don't, again, for the people in the back, you don't read all (laughs) of it. You don't read all of it. You pretend that you read every packet that's turned in, but you're only reading packets that have names attached to them. Most of these POC do not have the blessing of a white cosign because let's face it, most of the gatekeepers are white. I don't know. I do not know any black agents. I only know... And I don't know any black managers. I only know... Um, oh, fuck. Her name is Carrie... I want to say Carrie Washington. It's not Carrie Washington. Her name is like Carrie Star or something. I think she's like star management. And I think she's the only black manager slash agent. I don't think she's both. She's either one or the other. She's the only one that I know that is black. The only one. Yeah. So uh, most POCs don't... And not, not to mention that if you, you have to be lucky, if you do have representation, you have to be lucky enough to have representation that understands that they have to unpack their own white supremacy Mm -hmm. and is working on it. Or you have to be lucky enough to be a black person that matches their understanding of black people, which again, there are not a lot, like most of the time, most of my friends that are people of color that are represented understand that their representation came because they fit into a certain type. Mm -hmm. Which that's just like, that's a lot to unpack to for. Right. And you see it all the time too in college showcases. And I, I wrote a letter to a university that I attended and I basically was like, I want to be crystal clear. Black is not a type. Mm-hmm. That's not the type of person you are. That's, it's not a type. So when you have a showcase where all of your white students are doing these wonderful ranges of emotions and experiences, albeit most of those experiences are, are completely out of their imagination, which is a disservice that you do for them because you're making them fit into the mold of what was popular in 1959 when you were going to school for theater like so every every white skinny blonde woman is singing from the sound of music anyways uh but then you have just your people of color either being slaves or 
from the color purple. Like, I can't. I can't. I can't. One time, um, this just reminds me, I, I took like two acting classes in college, like as electives, and I had a scene mm-hmm. partner. His name was Kyrie. Um, and the scene we were given was I was raped uh, by like some of the farmhands. Um, right. And that don't even, uh, we got to unpack that. Why are you doing that in college? No, it gets usually directed by a male professor. Oh yeah. This, no, oh my God. His name, he went by our male professor was named Wolf. He went by Wolf, but it gets worse. I'm so fucking sick of these men. It gets worse than just like what my part was hit my, his, um, my partner's monologue had the N word in it multiple times and uh-huh. he Kyrie was just kind of like um excuse me I just I don't see anywhere in a world where I would get cast for this like anywhere and the teacher was just like well you just have to be prepared for like any situation and he was like there is no situation oh no what you don't understand what I'm telling you right now is I would never put myself in the situation yeah I'm not doing it so bad and we ended up we had to do it and i remember we got a b and i was just like fuck you man like it was it was awful also the the construct of a of a of a letter grade over on creativity is another white supremacy thing and i really hate to fuck it up for people but when i talk to young people mm-hmm. and they're like i you know i want to act i want to be a comedian um the first thing i almost always say to them is like you have to understand that you are not your job. And if you want, if what you want is to go to school, Mm -hmm. go to school for something else and then just get into acting classes and just start to audition and like get into the industry, Mm -hmm. but do not go to school for acting because I, my parents spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for me to eventually realize that the key to being a creative and the key to being a good actor is understanding who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. And that cannot be, I, I just feel like there's been this huge, <laughs> not to do student universe again, but we're all like, you're, you are a gem, right? And we've all been shattered and been sold back our own pieces. Aw, that's so true. And I'm just not here for it. And you get, it's like you're born a beautiful gem as a baby. And your first shattering is like babies that need to be survived, like that are healthy. If you want a healthy baby and you want your baby to survive, then this is how you be a good pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. If you want a baby and you want it to be like if, or like, you don't want this baby. You have to have this baby. Like that's the first shattering, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is the, how we treat impregnated people mm-hmm. because not everybody's pregnant is a woman mm-hmm. first off. Yep. And, and um, that's another shattering or as a baby and you have, and say you have parents that haven't taken care of themselves. The first projection onto you, a sh- like a shatter. And then you start to go to preschool and you're sold back the pieces, right? Because you now you have a teacher that's separate from you telling you how to be. And I just, and, and yeah, I think now there are th- different 
people say, oh, now there's all this new age, new age, new age. New age is so funny to me because it, it's like a lie again. Mm-hmm. New age is just, just ancient shit that's nine times out of 10 indigenous, nine times out of 10 black. And 10 times out of 10, a white person stumbled upon it because they had the luxury to sit around all day Googling how to be a good mom while their black nanny was taking care of their kid. Yeah. I remember I, when I was a nanny, I, um, I hung out with a lot of like other nannies uh, that were black in New York City. Um, and one time she was like, yeah, I used to be so worried about these kids when they grow up. But then I realized like I'm the one raising them. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, you're right. Like you are, like it's solely you raising them. You are, but you also can only do so much. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's also very, very true. You have to have like- a- And I, I would say like as a babysitter, I actively saw like little gems getting shattered. And I had to be like, I cannot, I cannot take this on. Like I have to, I, I can't take it on. Yeah. I can't take it on. It'll Like this just has to be a job and I have to leave it. It'll destroy uh, when you. When I go home. It'll destroy mm-hmm. you. Because I remember you even, I think on the last um, episode you did uh, on OxX, you were talking about how like they were so weird with your fucking money because they always are. And they would like make you like yeah, work I for your know. money just to get it every week. Yeah, I don't know who, it, what's really sad is I'm like, huh, I wonder which family that was. Mm-hmm. I wonder which family that was, but almost every single family, there is a debt to be paid in addition to your job to get your money, albeit they'll put it on you to ask. Or like you to track your hours and like. That's my favorite. Um, Tell us your hours. Bitch, when were you home? Like, you know, you know my fucking hours. You know, when were you home? When were you not home? It's like, I can actually feel my body getting anxiety again from having to ask for my fucking money for the labor that I did. Right. Ask for your money. Tell me your hours. Um, also taking no responsibility for information given to them. That's my favorite. And another way that you, they make you pay a debt before they pay you is, and this is really true for every white man I've ever dealt with emotional labor. So, Mm -hmm. so I, the last family I babysat for this white man literally made me sit while he was disproportionately slamming uh, things down on the counter, throwing his shoes, slamming cabinets because he saw some black teenagers. Uh, now, let's be very clear. They live in Harlem. Mm-hmm. They live in Harlem in Morningside, which has the gentrification over there is really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Central Harlem isn't as gentrified because... A lot of blacks and a lot of white people, you can literally, one of the number one things that are searched in Google about Harlem is why is Harlem still so ghetto? AKA, why are black people still in central Harlem? And that's because the blacks that came here were not like, they, a lot of them migrated from, in the great um, migration from the South and they understood the power of ancestral ownership Mm -hmm. of land. And There was a time when none of y'all wanted to live up here and we did. So we built and we willed it and kept it in the community. And that's why you're not here today. And when, and when you are here in central Harlem, you're on the outskirts and you look stupid. Anyways, back on track. What was I saying? Uh, He was throwing stuff 
uh, because he oh, just saw black stuff. teenagers. Because he thought he saw three black teenagers physically getting in a fight, and he went and he broke it up. Good for you. Mm-hmm. A uh, a white a black person basically was like white people to him, like as in white people don't mind their business. Blah 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 blah. And instead of being like, you know what? They teenagers shouldn't fight. It's stopped now. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, I, I'm going to remove myself from this um, situation. He then victimized himself and forced me to listen to him talk for 15 minutes about reverse racism against him and Harlem. Oh, my God. It's not a and thing. It's not a thing. Thankfully, I thankfully I have the backbone that I have now where I wouldn't even – I made him feel so uncomfortable because I refused to engage. And there were definite pauses and looks – like I'm giving you a chance to say something and I didn't say anything. And I, without shame, hardline changed the subject. I was like, your son's metric card is here. Good for you. I've just recently learned the the power of silence against ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like there's people in my family that I'm like actively trying to have conversations with them to try to like, you know, open their minds and they get very mad, right? They get very defensive and just learning to not take that bait or do that type of labor and just be there and sit there with it. It's the most powerful tool I've ever seen in my life. Like the most. Yeah, and mad people tell on themselves. Oh, yes. Mad and, and racism will tell on itself. I want to tell, this is absolutely subver- subversive, subversive, what I'm saying. Okay. I've had many comedians, many white comedians mm-hmm. post me as somebody to watch as a, and, and a voice to listen to as a black comedian. Some of them did not mean that because their behavior now is in direct conflict of what they posted in support of, because at the end of the day, they're against white supremacy, except when it means they have to be reflective on their own behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the labeling of racist doesn't happen in the call out. It happens in the way you behave after you've been called out. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is every single one of you are racist period and that like we're on phase two bitch everybody's racist Mm -hmm. what are you doing with your racism what are you doing about Mm -hmm. it and when you cannot be called in constructively that is you telling on yourself that is you being like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute silencing decentering the people i'm hurting centering my feelings and my own experience and if that's not white supremacy, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't want to be like, it's a hard lesson because um, it, it shouldn't be. It should just be like, oh, just you want. Imagine that. Imagine if the most difficult thing you'll ever go through in your life as a white person is being canceled for being racist, not losing your fucking life for no reason. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's like, it's not the direct equivalent, but it's like when people say, men are afraid women won't find them funny women are afraid that you'll kill them it's just like it's just such a different 
is such a different thing. Like just mm-hmm. like you said, like just learn to listen to this call out because a lot of times a call out is one emotional labor. It's a motherfucking gift. Yes. It's a gift. As far as I'm concerned. Sorry, I have ice <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. If I've taken the time to climb down off my Aquarian cloud to be like, hey, in a funny way, this joke isn't very funny. Mm-hmm. And and you can't handle that. And you immediately silence it. And you start deleting stuff. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello.